Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so my guest today is an ADHD business coach, consultant, trainer and speaker and helps people to get clarity, to be able to take action on their, and own their own challenges and leverage their strengths in the neurodiverse space. Welcome to the show, Elliot Brown. Thank you very much. How are you doing, John? I'm very, very well, Elliot. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me on. We've been talking about this for a while, right? We have indeed, yes. It's been a while well, backwards of always trying to kind of hook something up. So thanks. <laughs> but glad we finally got it into the diary. Yeah, definitely. That was a very brief introduction to you. If you could maybe oh. with a bit of sprinkling of your history, which is very always very interesting. <laughs> um, if you could just tell the listeners a bit more about yourself, what you do and how you help. Okay, well, I mean, the the history is is varied and wild, John, as you know. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, very very early days, entrepreneurial. Um. Uh, you know, for, even from school, I nearly got expelled actually. Um. Uh, from from having that, uh, you know, that typical sort of tuck shop stationery business at school, which uh, uh, you know, I shouldn't have been doing. But uh, anyway, um. Yeah. And then, um, you know, that wasn't the f- first and only trouble that uh, that I got into, as as you're well aware. I uh, and I've talked about this a lot now uh, on on uh, on podcasts and shows mm. and stage. Um, that uh, that I actually ended up being uh, banged up abroad very early on in my life, sort of eight, 19 years old, mm-hmm. um, in Spain, uh, and and then again in France. Uh, you know, only a year or so after doing seven and a half months in Spain, uh, didn't learn the first time. Definitely learned the second time after doing two and a half years in 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 sort of French uh, French prison that was uh, smuggling cannabis resin, which is ridiculous. Bearing in mind it's being legalized everywhere these days, right? <laughs> but um, but you know there's an, there's an entrepreneurial flirt, flair to that, and some people go really. Um, and when I sort of go through some of the some of the Quinn, I'll very very quickly go through this because I know we don't have a huge amount of time. But you know, I came out. Uh, and realised I wasn't a, I wasn't a career criminal, and I didn't really like being banged up. <laughs> to be got, honest, you got caught twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but some people don't learn the second time, right? That's it. Yeah. That then becomes their path. Yeah. Um. But you know, I then needed to carve my path. You know, in in the business world, or or, or sort of learn business. Basically, mm-hmm. got involved in the family business. I launched a product. Um, walked out of the family business due to you know um challenging uh, relationship with my father which i'm sure we'll come back to shortly mm-hmm. um and then really it was it was then go out and learn the ropes right go out and learn the basics people will say oh you've got the gift the gift of the gab always did mm-hmm. what the fuck does that mean john really it's annoying because it doesn't mean you've got the gift just because you're able to converse or communicate yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you know how to sell yeah. um and and so then that that's what I needed to do is go out and learn. And my grandfather had got to got to a point where he'd given me as much guidance as he could, and my father couldn't give me any guidance. And you and I will have spoken about this, and we won't go into too much detail, but we'll cover it in a bit. So I learned sales, and I moved up the ranks very very quickly, knocking doors, doing capital equipment um, for probably five or six years before I then was like, okay, I probably learned as much as I can from this. Mm-hmm. Corporate world isn't for me. 
got back involved with my father and set up a construction company. And I'd had market stalls and sideline businesses and things over the years. I'd like, there was opportunities, things would come up, you know, I like to make money. And, and, and it, although I had a golf market stall, I knew nothing about golf. Right. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd maybe done up a couple of properties, but not massively. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the first build was a seven, you know, seven uh, apartment block in, right. in, in Hoddesdon. Um, and then the market crash happened. And my father had filtered some money out of the business and sort of messed the whole thing up. Right. Long story short, okay. um, the funding was there for another build, etc. cetera. Then, um, I then a friend of mine gave me an opportunity to get involved with his business in, in the video games industry. Again, I don't play video games, but just like golfing product, everybody everybody own, owns you know or knows a golfer or is a golfer, right? Everybody's a gamer or knows a gamer, so it's a big market. Yeah. And and there was a bit a lot of money back in, and it still is to be honest. It was import export wholesale games controllers, right. you know, PS4s or PS3s at the times, Xboxes, etc. Okay. Um, and got and, and 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 just suited me to be mm. honest. It was relationship, you know, relationships to buy, relationships to sell, keeping in contact, logistics, very very standard business practice, but worked very very well. You could keep an eye on what was going on and how that how you maneuvered everything. Yeah. Relationships yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and I was in that for ten odd years. Um, and and in part of that time, um, I set up a consultancy business in that industry. And got pulled in by uh, by some investors from Australia to with another consultant to literally start and run a brand new business in the UK. We took that to twenty million turnover in three years, um, unsuccessful until around the time when I probably met you, which was um, going 2015, 2016, maybe maybe twenty seventeen. Um, I'd had um, you know some interesting uh, years in that industry, and um, and then. Yeah, things changed and I needed to start carving my path. I'd, I'd always, I'd been helping all these other people build their businesses and doing things for years and I need to do my own thing. Yeah. So, so the consultancy was okay and I got, I got a couple of clients, it started working and then bloody lockdown happens. Okay for the first year, John? Yeah. And the second year is where it really hit me because a couple of the clients I had, Ramazan sellers, et cetera, so they did really well that first year. Then lots of things changed, right. and my business changed, right. and I tried diversifying. Okay. Already I was hitting financial challenges. Okay. And this is around the time that I had already – a friend of mine, in fact, contacted me a couple of days ago, actually, asking how I was. I hadn't spoken to her for ages. She was the first person that basically recognized I had ADHD. Okay. And then it took me another year or two to really, you know, and I was thinking about it. I was thinking, oh, it doesn't really, let's just crack on. Mm-hmm. But I was struggling. Like I was struggling. Okay. The focus becomes a real difficulty when you have no structure right. and no processes with ADHD, right? Yeah. So when you've got the, the ability to free flow thought and you don't have people doing things for you, it becomes very difficult. So actually in working with other people, good, bad, and ugly, running their businesses, doing things, and there was structure and processes and systems in place. Yeah. Not too, It's an easy thing to do because you can just focus, hyper-focus on one area or the things that you need to do and have other people to do, do things around you, badly or, or well. They still, they're still doing it, right? Like you had your mind set on, one, on doing one or certain tasks. Certain tasks, exactly. Yeah. Then you've got to create something. And I'm a products guy. Mm-hmm. So then I'm trying to create a service-based business. 
Right. Not an easy thing to do, and it's intangible. Go yeah. from tangible things that you can touch that we see all around us yeah. to an intangible thing that, that that we don't value very much in the UK either as coaching, right? Yeah. Um, and so I I'm so I'm doing a bit of coaching, I'm doing a bit of consulting, it's not really working. I'm not really feeling and I'm feeling more lost than I've ever felt, if I'm honest with you. Okay. And then I got a diagnosis, clubhouse days, I got a diagnosis very early on from a psychologist in, the, in from New York who, who worked with ADHD patients, heard me on Clubhouse right, okay. and basically said, let's get on a call. Yeah. 40 minutes later, he said, I could have told you five minutes in your ADHD, <laughs> which a lot of people say, but when they find out that you're ADHD, they go, oh, I could have told you that oh, years yeah, ago. You sense. fucking could have told me, couldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and then, so that's two, two years ago, I suppose, really. And that's what, and this is quite. A, this is very quick for me to go through this and and speed speed yeah, yeah. go through that history, and that's where I realised I'd done lots of things in all those businesses. I'd mind mapped. I was talking about this on Clubhouse. I'm doing coaching with people. I'm doing free coaching. I'm trying things out. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of mind maps is that this isn't me telling you how to coach. I I can give, pull the information out of you. We'll put it somewhere so you can see it, visualise it, mm-hmm. and we're going to create in essence a blueprint, a model that suits you. And find out your strengths, your your challenges, your weaknesses. I don't like weaknesses, but your non-strengths, yeah. the things that you can't do, won't do, and don't do. Yeah, and we've yeah. got to figure out how we can hand those over to somebody because I've done it badly and I've done it well at times. Yeah. But I'd use my mapping for years uh, when I didn't understand stuff. You know, I couldn't work things out, not realizing I was, I was ADHD. Yeah. So yeah. that then brings me to, you know, this last couple of years and really double down in this now and I'm getting recognized in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then done been doing neurodiversity in the workplace training. So I'm now an instructor training partner for a for a company that does that provides these courses. Oh, okay. So now that add that into what I'm doing. And that really has filled in a lot of gaps because ADHD co-occurs with many other neuro differences. Okay. Dyslexia, dyscalculia, dyspraxia, dysgraphia. Tourette syndrome um, and and of course um, autism as well on whatever level um, however severe okay they can often co-occur so we're learning these things and how to create awareness in the workplace then also means I can do that and learn more about how that can help business owners or people just generally that want to succeed yeah 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 so you're, you're being able to kind of get in there and understand all these different connections yeah how people work what they yep. need to do in order to be able to get the best out of themselves. Yeah. And I like that what you said in the uh in the introduction of your 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 two-line intro was that they can take action themselves. Yes. And it's it's important, right? The biggest thing we have, and this isn't just about neuro differences, because neurodiversity is right, it's neuro is brain and diversity is difference. Mm-hmm. We're all we all have different elements we've got the same brain but they're wired differently mm-hmm. it's becoming more commonly known that actually the neurodiversity is becoming a bigger and bigger thing why because we're becoming more aware of it mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that we don't have challenges right people see anxiety and everybody talks about anxiety and they might talk about ocd because these have become like normalized now oh, yeah. but those things can really hold people back mm. but it's been sort of people sort of understand it they don't yeah but if you can recognize those challenges and not feel wrong or broken about them and go, do you know what? It's just the way I am. It's just yeah. me. Yeah. No, people telling me that, oh, you should do it this way or do it that way. Well, that's bollocks. Mm. 
Because otherwise, there wouldn't be successful billionaires and millionaires out there. They found better ways of doing things. They found different ways of doing things, haven't they? Yeah. You know, you will have found ways of doing things differently with what you do, John, than other people will, which is why you do what you do. Yeah. It's because where your brain works. I don't think there's anyone out there that does exactly the same as me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and and it's important for us to know those, identify those challenges, right? Mm. So that we can understand then and go, okay, do you know what? It is the way I am. I've got to manage that. Now we've got to, what we've really got to do is go, okay, our strengths and our abilities, are what we should be focusing on. Yes, we need to manage those challenges and the difficulties, mm. you know, the mental health side of things, whether it be neurodiversity, whether it just be impacts relationships, which we'll talk about in a minute, have had on us, which yeah. do affect us. Trauma, all of that stuff can double into neurodiversity and mental health as well, right? And can make it worse and heighten those feelings, those those sort of, you know, that that um, rejection-sensitive dysphoria, as we, you know, is spoken about. Not everybody will have heard about that, of course. Right. Well, maybe, wait, can you expand on that a little bit then? Yeah. Okay. So rejection-sensitive dysphoria is where we fear being rejected. Now, we all fear being rejected, right? But there's a heightened sense with people with ADHD and in quite in in most of those neuro differences that I've spoken about as well. Okay. There's sensitivity challenges that are heightened senses, senses, but also they're extreme low senses as well. So when somebody says something to us, it will impact us. It won't just impact us straight away. It'll make us feel like you'll start adding a bit of anxiety, but that won't that won't leave us. It'll be like a it'll be like on a fucking loop record going on in our heads, okay. hearing the same thing over and over. Right. You go to bed and all you hear is all the shit that somebody said to you ages ago, or an ex girlfriend has said to you, or some toxic partner, or a parent, or you know when things that people have said things when you're younger, and so that there's a feeling of rejection, and that rejection doesn't. St- you know that should you would think yeah but why don't you just use that as your as your fighting force to go yeah fuck you world i'm coming coming at it yeah. which is great when you've got your dopamine levels high <laughs> yeah um or you've got something you're excited about or you've got some support with you well, so uh, you, even just that you're aware that you, that's a, that's an option right yeah if you're yeah constantly sitting there thinking of all the times you've been criticized or put down like you said or rejected and you're focusing on the negative all the time it's going to be really hard for you then to manifest a more positive mindset to do anything. Hundred percent, and that's where the RSD comes in. But so then, what he does, it affects how you then maybe proactively contact people in business, for example. You know that thought of a phone call is always the worst, right? Cold calling is awful, but mm. in business, you've got to do these things. You've got to, you've got to be proactive. Mm. But even if you're massively confident, and I'm a confident guy, right? You know that. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it's still, I will think about those things first. Now, I've, there are ways of getting around it. But so rejection-sensitive dysphoria is something that gets spoken about a lot now when it comes to ADHD because it is the thing that can literally mean that you don't want to go out. Right, okay. Like, you don't want to go outside. You don't want to see, start seeing people. You don't want to go to a party. You, don't, you know, all those things. And it becomes that downward spiral that becomes very difficult to get out of. Um, and and it's and it's a painful thing. It's not depression necessarily, but it can lead to that. You know, it's depressive. I think I prefer to say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Does that so, make sense? Yeah, like a, just an overwhelming feeling of that you're feeling pretty low, and you want to kind of re- move away from the world a little bit. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and and it's it, 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 that that can be debilitating, and it's a shame because you know most people with neuro differences neurodiverse neurodivergent whatever term terminology that you know people want to use 
have an incredible resilience as well as uh, creative abilities and hyper focusing and be able to do things, see things that other people can't out the box thinking. So, you know, hence why we know that, you know, such a large percentage of self-made millionaires and billionaires are neurodiverse one way or the other. Um, There is out of the box thinking. So just think if you can support, and there's lots of people doing this now, I'm not on my own here, probably reasonably unique in, in the way I do it, as we've just spoken about. Yeah. Yeah. But um, if you can help those people to 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 not feel like they're alone, not feel like they're broken, own those strengths, sort of almost see it and go, do you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, that's it. Now yeah. let's work. Look at this. Let's think of things that you can do. What can you do? Because most people, a lot of people are going to be in job roles, mm-hmm. doing things in life that don't suit them because they've had to do it. Mm-hmm. They don't have another support because people don't understand their way their brain works. Yeah. And so it's about somebody understanding and them feeling like they're understood to help them same sort of thing that you do with your clients but in a different way yeah and and you know you you need somebody to understand and listen and go okay and almost have a sounding board so mm. always coming up with some coming ideas they've usually got the ideas themselves mm. as most people have john right exactly yeah but it's 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 almost having a validation sometimes and a verification for it's okay to think and feel that way yeah yeah and i guess with the with the hype and sense of rejection that's even harder right because when you're putting out ideas out into the world and you have a fear of rejection, it's hard to yeah any kind of confidence that that's going to be received. Yeah. Yeah. You just need that little bit of success, don't you? Mm. Which we all do. You know, mm. say neuro different or not. We, we all need, once you get that first bite and that first taste, it sort of eggs you on, but it's mm. very easy to lose that again. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think the reason I suppose I understand all this when it comes to neurodiversity now is I've, I've experienced it my whole life. I just didn't realize. Yeah. And one of those things, John, was because, and you know, and we probably discussed this years ago, is probably because I smoked weed for thirty years of my life. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't, I wasn't, you know, a stoner, but I would micro, I'd almost. Somebody talked talked about this the other day. I talked about this. I almost microdosed it, so I'd go into business, um, into meetings, so I'm doing sales, and I'd have a little, just a little bit, not yeah. a spliff, but I'd have a little tiny little pipe, tiny little bit, little blast, and that's how I went through thirty years smoking. Not, I'd get stoned on weekends. Don't get me wrong, right, but. It was that week. It's the week in it, during the week. I wouldn't really get stoned, but I'd have a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. I probably masked my ADHD for years. And mm. I've actually stopped around the time that I probably was officially for me diagnosed, not officially in the UK, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I, I was diagnosed. I stopped around the same sort of time. Um, and um, and 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 I'm pleased I did because I have to be honest, it's been most three, three of probably the most challenging years of my life over the last three years. Okay. Can you tell me a bit more about that? I mean, listen, it was discovering discovering that was like, ah, I've got an answer for why I why I fucking felt broken and different and, and why I, everybody said I should do it this way and do that way. And I'm trying to fit it, fit try to fit into this mold of the way people do things, which I knew was not me. Yeah. And then you're going, Yeah, but fucking I've got this. And then I'm oh yeah, but it's okay, I've got this. Shit, I've got this. And then it's a journey of self-discovery. Right. Um and, you know, in the last three years, John, I've lost everything I've owned. Like, you know, financially, you know, the business got hit. I, I, things were, I was already running things tight anyway. Um, and so, you know, uh, and then in a bloody expensive house due to situations, relationships, which we'll talk right. about maybe right. uh, in a second. Yeah. Um, jumping at a relationship. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which was a sort of a rebound, which went horribly wrong. But I got left with a very expensive rental house with an outdoor pool. Okay. Pros and cons to that. <laughs> cons very fucking expensive. Yeah. The pros were we were in the, the in a house like that with an outdoor pool. Yeah. In the two best summers that we probably had in our lives. <laughs> yeah. And Kian, my fourteen-year-old, loved it. Well, he was not fourteen yeah, yeah. then, right? So. I've always got to take the positive, but wherever there's a positive, there's always a payoff, right? There's, <laughs> fucking, there's always a payoff. Um, but it was a very expensive house and business wasn't working. And I tried a few things and then, yeah, got forced out of that house virtually in the in the sort of fir- end of the first year of lockdown. Right. Um, and that, in essence, was then a catalyst. There was loads of things that then happened. I opened an office in East London. Lost a lot of money setting up a VA agency as a as to try and sort of rescue the business, and it worked really quickly, and then fell apart really quickly as well. Okay. Um, and so there's been a lot of things that I've tried mm. that haven't worked. Some have worked, but I've learnt painful but extremely good lessons, like the most powerful fucking lessons. Even going back to when I was, you know, I got nicked years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all of those lessons, they still sit with you and they teach you the best stuff. Yeah. But we talk about relationships and I've tried to build relationships through those years with people that just haven't been right. Mm-hmm. And I've not had faith in myself, but put my faith ridiculously in other people. And my gut instinct knew they weren't the right people, mm-hmm. but there was opportunities there. Okay. So that's fucked up, isn't it? So you saw the opportunity to end up in a similar position to where you always end up in, or you saw an opportunity for something else. Oh, I see. I see uh, the, the relationship counselor coming out in your <laughs> mouth. Um, it's a good question. Um, you know what? I, I did a radio show not that long ago, and I don't know why I had it in my head about the fear of failure and the fear of success. I don't know which is the biggest, biggest fear, if I'm honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think it's the fear of success rather than failure. Yeah. So in answer to your question, I don't want to go back to that. And, you know, you set a ceiling limit on what you can earn. And I've had some good years. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had some reasonably good years. Um, And so there is a ceiling limit there. But my mind knows that I've got, I can thousand times that. Mm. You know, I know that that, that I have the ability to, to be stupidly successful and the byproduct of that is wealth and being able to help other people, et cetera. Yeah. I wouldn't have said help other people many years ago, but that's what I actually want to do these days. Really, no, believe it or not. That's one of the journeys you've been on, isn't it? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and, and would I feel like that if I hadn't have been through what I'd be through, but it's the, it, it, you know, but also there's a seating limit, but I think there's also like a, a floor limit. Right. Mm. And because you've been so far down at some stage low, mm. You fear being there again, but you don't in a weird way. It's a it's a real contradiction in terms. Kind of a known space to a certain business. So it's a horrible space, and I don't like it. But what I've learned about ADHD is we we thrive off dopamine, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll get dopamine off highs, yeah. like a roller coaster. We'll get them off highs as as you're getting that buzz, but also going to get it off the fear. So there's a real chase. It's like a cocaine chasing high, which mm. I, which I, which I'll put it, you know, because it is a bit like that. And if you haven't never taken cocaine, don't, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, <laughs> but you know, there's a, there's you chasing for you're looking for that buzz. Yeah. But you know you're going to get that shit shit bit. 
yeah. like a toxic relationship. You know you're going to get the good and the mm. love bombing, but you're also going to get the toxicity and the shit. Mm. But you know what? There's that. There's a bit of anxiety. There's that horrible feeling that feeds a bit of dopamine as well. Mm. That's proper fucked up. Yeah. But so you're constantly chasing the high and the low. You're not just the highs. Mm. And I think that's where that comes out. You've got to find a way of, of petering that out. And I genuinely think having the right people around you, relationships, family, friends, probably not as many as you probably think there's going to be, yeah. but having the right people yeah. that are professional friends as well, not friends, friends necessarily, having those around you. Yeah. I think that's a good, that that's a great way of feeding, feeding you, fueling you and filling your cup as well. No, I can completely agree. It's, it's all about that relationship. You want someone that's going to acknowledge you and yeah. yourself and is not going to try and not going to maybe not or say a word aloud, but they're going to be mindful of the fact that you might might go into certain spaces and you want people that are not going to go into the spaces with you or not going to lead you into them spaces as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, de definitely, definitely. And that's that's difficult, particularly when it comes to narcissistic, you know, or toxic relationships, which, you know, we're hearing a lot about on socials now. Yeah. A lot of people are starting to really talk about that. And we've we've talked about this as well, haven't we? You know, yeah. um, it's, uh, it's of your own personal experience, isn't it? Having those relationships which have, don't really don't have your best interests at heart. Yeah, they, they don't. They don't. And it's um, put it mildly. <laughs> yeah. And, and listen, I, you know. We folds nicely into into this little ne next little segment, right? Relationships, narcissism, etc. I mean, I, you know, I've got a father that was abusive physically and and and, and emotionally and mentally as well. Mm -hmm. Some stuff I didn't realize how much actually, and it's not like I, I'm I'm holding on to it because I sort of you know he had his own he's got his own issues. Don't talk to him now. He's got mm -hmm. his own issues, and 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 I get why he's probably the way he is. Yeah. So so I, I've done enough work on myself to understand these things, right? Yeah. Uh, and in fact, you will have helped me as well with that many years ago. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and so, but, but so, you know, there, there's, there, there's, there's that. And does that program you to then look for something in relationships that are like that? For years, I was single, right? On and off mm -hmm. controlled. I controlled the relationships. Yeah. They're either five minutes and I have to be honest with you, I was a, you know, dare I say, uh, you know, people might frown at this or whatever, but I'm going to be honest. I was a bit, probably a bit of a player, right? For, for many years, in my twenties and thirties, early thirties and stuff, you know, for, I, I was, and I was going out all the time and that fed, you know, the, the sort of thrill, the buzz that I needed from at the time, looking back, probably my brain type. Right. Um, but it was okay. So mostly on my terms, um, but I always felt, felt in love easily, but I also fell out of love very easily. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but but they were but, but and I got really I got really hurt when I was sort of in my in my early 20s. And that's probably why I went off the journey. I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do what I do. Oh, yeah. But then you get into my 30s and stuff. And I'm like, I'm start of I'm sort of like forgiving those things with certain people and making more of an effort. And it sort of works. And then it doesn't. And I'm like, OK, let's come out of that one. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was with somebody seven and a half years, which. I mean, you, you, I don't, you'll probably not necessarily remember this. You speak to a lot of, a lot of people, but it was a great relationship in a lot of aspects, Yeah, a lot of aspects. Like, and I look back and it was some of the happiest years I've had, but there was something missing and it was a bit missing that, that, that I couldn't let go. So I broke the wedding off as you, you'll well know, um, you know, sick, broke her heart and stuff and bless her. We still get on and, 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 and she's, she's great to me. She was great. We were grateful with each other. It just, it run its course seven year itch. <laughs> 
2018 uh, was when life sort of started again after that. So after seven and a half years. And yeah, mate, I've had one toxic, narcissistic relationship after the other. Like one, the first one was really shocking. Yeah. Which left me with that house. But the minute I found out she, the way she was, I, that was it, done. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was still in that house and she moved out and yeah, threatened me and... Yeah. Wanted to dance on my grave and all sorts of stuff. And it was like, you know, it was proper fucked up. Um, and uh, and then, of course, you find out from her ex, she was like that. And then an ex of hers from afterwards contacted me three years later and said, I believe everything she said about you, I now understand because she's saying the same things about me. And so, you know, the, and this is how it works, right? These people don't change. Um, accept and don't expect is a phrase I've said for years. I don't know that you can do that with with people like that unless they understand it and they want to get help for it. If they don't and they want to live with it, well, you're never going to fucking change them. No, and again, why would you? Again, like you said, if you're in a healthy mind space now and you're in a healthier relationship with yourself now, you know, why would you want to be? I mean, it, it's not your job to go into a relationship with someone that's going to cause you untold stress, worries, anxieties. You're not you're not there to fix them. You're not there to try and make them better. Yes, you could if you wanted to get involved in a relationship which you know is going to take you down that pathway, then that you know that's your choice. But as mm. a healthy, secure human being within yourself, it's very rare that you're going to choose to be in a relationship with someone that needs so much work to be done on themselves and, like you said, then doesn't take the opportunity to do that. Yeah, but they don't see that and they don't they don't show you that to start off with. So you get the love bombs, you get you get sort of you get sucked in and and they're mirroring you and it's all going on and everything yeah, yeah. seems okay. And then it gets to a point, you're right. If you knew this at the beginning, hindsight's a great wonderful thing, right? But you don't see that at the beginning. And it, you know, even if it's only a few months in, there's some sort of weird fucked up psychology, whatever the way the brain works, yeah. that suddenly then you think that you can help them. Mm. And it's, it doesn't become then it because you you then I mean I, and I'm you know I'm a problem solver right I want to try and solve a problem and yeah. and so you what you do is you focus on them mm-hmm. so that first one ended I then had six months great fun I've got an outdoor pool right in the great one of the best summers <laughs> of my life uh, heated outdoor pool music yeah. blah 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 what six months on Bumble and Tinder right so I had yeah. a great time um, and then met somebody who. She definitely wasn't as bad, um, but, but there are things definitely she she definitely had challenges herself. Yeah. Um, mummy issues more than more than anything, which I saw firsthand. Mm-hmm. And again, I can see why people do things. Does you know? I, I that's the problem, isn't it? When you can see it, yeah, and you understand it, you sort of want them to be able to see it, and they do, just not for very long, about three days. Yeah, and again, <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? Is they're not going to work on it. Yeah. So that's why you're there. You're there yeah. to, to, to not only fill the space, but also be blamed at the same time. Yeah, definitely. But as I said, if you're if you're secure within yourself, even after those few months, even if you all of a sudden start to see the cracks and the signs and stuff, if you've got a, if you're in a really good, this one of the reasons why I do this, what I do is to try and, as they say, narcissistic circles is remove the supply. Yeah. If you hundred percent. If they cocaine, it's the cocaine high, yeah, the cocaine low. Yeah, yeah. If you can't get involved in a relationship where someone is going to take up all your slack or take all of your crap or allow you to be uh, allow you to manipulate them and everything else eventually i'm hoping that they're going to go oh there's no one else for me to do this with any longer yeah i need to look at myself 
but yeah well a lot of people out there unfortunately that will still because of all the trauma that we experience in childhood because of the other difficult relationship stuff and, that we go through there is generally always somebody that will have a uh, uh, a low self-worth or even like you said they're, they're chasing a certain low as well as chasing a certain high which will involve being in a relationship which triggers that on a regular basis mm. and it does become habitual as well yeah. so the second one was a year maybe mm. similar not as bad mm. and then the next one was two to three years which wouldn't really have developed if it wasn't for for, for because of lockdown right. you know started just before stood you know it started it was a bit of fun it could start turning into something lockdown happened and we're together and so it develops right. right big age gap um or large age gap 20 25 years mm-hmm. um and i'm 49 so you know this was a few years ago um she was 20 by the way just in case people think it's that many years ago it's not that many years ago um and so um and so in, in it developed it was initially just a bit of fun but that was there's a lot of trauma on that on that side and because i'm going through my own challenges at, that, at this stage like the business you know, lose. You know, I'm selling the Range Rover and the Rolex. You know, things are. I'm saying I'm getting, having to get rid of stuff to keep afloat, right. um, and to try and think about how I'm going to develop and what I'm going to create because I'm a. I want to create something big. You know, I want something that's going to be for my for my son. You know, and and stuff like that. You know, my sons, kids, whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, all of that. But that relationship took my focus away from the things I should be focused on, which was me. Yeah. I should have focused on me. The best relationship should have been with myself. And it wasn't. It was poor with me. So mm-hmm. I'm looking for gratification, which I get occasionally, but it wouldn't last very long. But I'm, I'm feeding off that gratification, that sort of validation, that sort of love bombing, that sort of nice bit, knowing that it's going to go shit after a week. Yeah. And it was up and down, goes up and down for a long time. And I genuinely think that, and this is no blame on her at all, because I thank or everybody genuinely, John, Whatever's happened in life, I thank everybody, good, bad, and ugly, right? All of the, you know, the bad stuff and, and relationships and things like that, because I wouldn't know what I know now. Mm-hmm. And also and- it wouldn't make you, it would have made you either, would it? I mean, the person that you are, uh, I think this is a Tony Robbins thing. And he says to someone while he's talking to us, if you're going to blame your parents for all of your trauma and how it's affected you and all the negative stuff, is there anything you can think of that, you can take positively from that. You wouldn't be the person that you are today. You wouldn't be helping the people that you're helping today. There you go. If you hadn't been through all of the things that you've been through, I definitely wouldn't be a relationship coach if I hadn't had difficult relationships as a kid. Because yeah. I never would have gone into therapy in the first place. I never would have thought, oh, this has really worked for me. And now I want to help other people. And then I wouldn't have gone into coaching so if I hadn't been through the traumas I went through, there's I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. So yeah, you know, sometimes like you said, it's acknowledging that everyone else has their own problems, and it's not you that's the problem, but you were made to feel like you were a problem. Um, but actually, you feeling like you were a problem has caused you a certain amount of trauma, and working through your own trauma now means you can help other people to go through theirs. Yeah, and I genu- genuinely think, you know, and, I, and I, I, I don't know that I'm massively spiritual. I don't know that we, you know, there's a path for us that's already laid out and things like that. Um, but I do think that you're right. I mean, I don't know that I ever really knew where I was going to go with stuff, but I find myself in a space now that, one, I'm able to I have knowledge 
Mm. real knowledge not book knowledge not course knowledge but real knowledge on the ground knowledge painful knowledge stuff that resonates that when i speak about it people go fucking he's been there mm. that i don't you can't buy that shit no. um and so and i find myself in a space that i've i've probably always been in but now understand where i can have that impact mm. um and 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 I, th- I sort of thank everything and so this last this this last year is i've really this has really been this has been the year that I've been able to focus on me and I've not done that. Jesus Christ, you told me to do this fucking seven years ago. <laughs> and you said it might not happen straight away, but I didn't think it would take this long. No, and no, I, and no. I have, <laughs> I have worked on myself through that time, but I've slipped back. Mm. Some people say about having di- addictive natures, right. With ADHD. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of drugs over the years, recreationally, right. Years and years ago, not for a long time now, but used to. I fucking loved them, right? I had a great time, but I was never addicted to them. I was never really addicted to smoking. Never really addicted to weed because I'd be able to stop doing them. Mm-hmm. I think I'm addicted to dopamine and the rushes you get from certain situations. Mm-hmm. So there probably is an addictive nature. It's just different to most. I'm learning to channel that now. Yeah, I mean, dopamine is one of those things, isn't it? That, like you said, we chase all the time, even. You know, even if you think of something as uh, simple as like a Facebook like. Yeah, scrolling through Instagram. Yeah, yeah. You know, when, when someone likes our post or something, it gives us a little hit. Yeah. And our brain seeks that out as often as it possibly can. Yeah, hence the, and, and exact, exactly that. Um, and, you know, just those little bits of validation just make us feel good. Um, so, way. yeah, you're absolutely right. The same way as if we don't get it. Um, and someone nobody likes our posts or puts lots of uh hate comments on there as well, right? Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So, um, but yeah, so 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 I find myself in a a great space. And you talk about Tony Robbins, and you know, I've been picturing myself this year. In fact, I I microdosed um just before Christmas, between Christmas, Christmas, and New Year, um, and had a vision. Um, and part of that. I th- it's taken longer this year than I thought it would, but then I think everything does, right? And I pictured myself stood on a on a on a circular stage in the middle of you know what was quite a big um, arena, mm-hmm. um, and and they were there for me. It was not just me, but they were there for whatever I would created. Okay. It wasn't like this isn't an ego thing. I always don't know why I do this, right? Whenever I say I'm trying to big myself up or or, or feel good about something, I always feel like I've got to go. Oh, I'm not going to be egotistical uh, about exactly. this. Yeah, which is wrong, right? Right. Yeah, there's, you need to inflate. Shout, you need to inflate your ego. Yeah, shout shout your qualities, shout your good bits, shout everything from the rooftops. Be proud. Yeah, but I want to be the Tony Robbins of of um, ADHD neurodiversity. I want to be that inspirational speaker. And people say I've got it, and I and do you know what? I own it now. I think I have. I think I have a way of putting stuff across mm-hmm. that is relatable, inspiring, motivational, honest as well yeah um and i think that resonates with people with that aren't neurotypical if you understand what i mean yeah but probably neurotypical as well i mean a bit like niches right when have you ever have a niche yeah. people always outside of it go oh i fucking want a bit of this as well yeah, yeah. um and i do i want to be I, and I, I want to be that. or brendan burchard somebody like that you know i think he's a little bit yeah. you know not as big as as, uh, as, as tony not, robbins yeah he's not as tony robbins as tony robbins but he's uh... but but you know i'd be i'd happy be happily be brendan burchard and I quite like the way he does things actually yeah, he's quite yeah. close to the way i am in a lot of ways okay yeah, I've I've seen a fair few of his trainings, and I've actually got something that I did with 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 his stuff a few years ago, um, which was really interesting. Yeah, he, he's good. I've got a couple of his books here as well: High Performance Habits and the Something Manifesto. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, what's that called? It's called the Motivational Manifesto. Uh, yeah, they're good. Some there's some good stuff in there. Definitely, I would definitely recommend him as someone to look at if you're again in especially the business mindset kind of space. Yeah. Um, so if people want to find out more about you, I mean, you, uh, tell them firstly before we disappear about your radio show as well. Where can people hear your radio? Because you broadcast, uh, you have your own ra- radio. Yeah, it's it's only a community station. I say it's only it's a community station in Northampton, uh, Revolution Radio, um, which is ninety six point one FM in and around the Northampton area. Mm-hmm. But um, but you can catch it on revolutionradio.com. Uh, every Friday, um, each and every Friday, one till four, I do the Friday Vibe show where I inject positivity <laughs> into people, positive, positive vibes into people's lives. Um, and and uh, for the weekend. So, yeah, winding, yeah, winding, winding people down and winding people up, basically. <laughs> um, but also I do use that platform to talk about uh you know adhd and neurodiversity and stuff like that as well and i've got a new podcast that's gonna be coming out in the new year which you're gonna be coming on uh which would be great which is alternative minds um people think outside the box think a bit differently do things differently um also very much focused in that sort of neuro different space as well mm-hmm. um uh, and yeah and people can find me on elliot elliot c brown.com e-l-l-i-o-t-c brown with an e uh dot com and you can catch me on so all, pretty well all socials with elliot c brown Awesome. And I'll put all those connections in the show notes so people can reach out um, if they want to hear you, see you and speak to you and find out more about what you do. And uh, maybe if they're in the space, in the neurodiverse space and they're looking for a coach, they want to help them to push things forward. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, they can have a chat. Um, Before we finish up, any words, wisdom, favourite quote that you've got to leave the listeners with? (laughs) Well, you know, accept and don't expect is probably one of my favorites to be honest with you um because i do think that you can't expect people to be people that they aren't yeah you've got to accept them through they are and if you can't accept them through they are step away to be honest with you um or at least distance yourself or or at least have some boundaries um relationship could work for you if if it could work i guess take yeah from it if necessary and let it go if you can't Absolutely. And something that I've always carried with me, actually, John, um, adopt, adapt and improve, which is a is actually on the roundtable rondels. Uh, you know, the roundtable is a gentleman's or well, not. It's not a gentleman's organization now, but it's a fellowship organization, not like the Masons, but similar. Um, and uh, they, they uh, you know, something I loved, adopt, adapt and improve. And I think, you know, if you carried that and that motto, the other motto with you, ad- adapt to things or adopt things and adapt them to either suit you or adapt the situation and improve it. You know, you can go far in life with with you know, just a few words. Mm. Well, you have to do a little bit more than that, but yeah, it gives you something to work on. <laughs> but it gives you that, that, that idea, actually, that I can. I mean, again, that's how we all start, generally. Isn't it? When I started in this, over so many courses and videos and seminars and everything else that I watched about other people doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then it's taken me, what, seven years now I've been in the relationship coach space and sort of last year, really, the beginning of last year, is when I found my space. And I thought, yeah exactly how i want to work but it took me four or five years of putting little things together like you said first of all taking other people's ideas and learning yeah well nothing's 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 new new right you have your own twist but it's nothing is you're not inventing anything pretty well these days somebody's already done it yeah yeah definitely and then adapting it to the way you do it um or to the people that you want to work with and then slowly improve 
and then get known for it. And that's 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 the key to every product that you'll see around you, every service that has ever been invented, that everything that ever has ever been. That's the way it is. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Elliot. Hey, uh, thank you. I think we yeah, again we could have probably chatted on for for, for a long time. Um, Definitely. But thanks for your time and I look forward to speaking to you again soon and hopefully getting on to your podcast and 100 percent see you in northampton for your radio show definitely definitely look forward to it all right you'll be good to yourself take care yeah and you cheers bye-bye thank you for listening please subscribe follow and review the show that is very much appreciated and please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy intimate relationships in your life I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.